Let's begin with Romans 13. Romans 13. And uh, we'll read verses 1 through 4. Romans 13 says this in the Word of God. Romans 13, 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Let's pray again. Lord, again, we thank you for your uh, mercy and grace, dear Lord. And we just uh, cast all our cares upon you, Lord, and we rest in your faithfulness. Again, we pray uh, for those with burdens, with heavy hearts. Lord, again, we think about uh, the, the Brother Bolt and his family, uh, the Woods. Lord, we think about this uh, cousin right now. And uh, dear Lord, just please touch hearts. And Lord, uh, others, we think about these unspoken. And uh, Lord, uh, just a lot going on in hearts and homes. And Lord, uh, we trust you uh, with each decision that you make in concerning each of these prayer requests. Uh, Lord, thank you for the testimony about uh, the, the one that they got saved. I pray you take uh, the seed that's been sown and given out and witnessed to this week and to work in hearts. And uh, Lord, just to thank you for your mercy and grace upon our lives and meeting our needs. And Lord, you're altogether lovely. And Lord, uh, you do with all things well and we praise you. Now, Lord, again, teach us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, you know, a lot of things have been in the, the news lately. And of course, uh, you know, one of the things in the news has been how we've uh, ended, you know, our longest war. And, you know, we can go back and forth how that, that ended. I don't want to get into that. But of course, you know, talking about that war. And of course, we just um, uh, celebrate the 20th anniversary uh, of 9-11. And I'm sure we all remember, you know, where we were when that. I remember that day and uh, I was in Germany and, and all that. And so, uh, you know, uh, war is not a, a, a great uh, a thing, but, you know, the question is, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible teach about war, and should Christians go to war or be in the military? You know, there's, a, there's people that are supposed to be Christians even, even argue about that. So let me, let me ask you, how would you answer that question? Somebody will give me maybe a short answer or a verse if somebody asks you, well, you know, you're a, you're a Christian. Uh, what do you think about, uh, 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 you know, uh, Christians going to war, or Christians being in the military, or a Christian nation? Anybody want to want to give a, a, a quick answer on that? Yes, brother Joseph. Genesis 9 6. Anybody else have a verse or a 
Everybody got a verse or a thought? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's look at some things. Of course, the Bible guides us. The Bible is here to guide us, right, through the most serious questions and things in life. Amen. Aren't you glad we have, we, have, we have a source, you know, and people say, well, you know, that's your opinion, that opinion. I say, well, no, 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 that's not my opinion. That's God's opinion. You know what? I agree with God. Actually, that's not God's opinion. Even it's his decision. <laughs> it's his way of thinking, and I agree with God. So people say, you know, they'll say, and that's a good way to say things. Sometimes people say, well, uh, what's your opinion on the matter? And I say, well, actually, I don't have an opinion. I say, what? You don't have an opinion on something that important? That's right, I don't. But I know what the Bible says about it, and I believe the Bible. It's a good way to answer that. I don't have an opinion about it, but I know what the Bible says about it, and I agree with what the Bible and hold to what the Bible says about that. And so even in something like that, so if the Bible is here to guide us through the most serious things in life, war would certainly be among those serious things in life. Now, of course, you know, it's sad that there has to be war in the world, but why is there war in the world? Well, usually uh, there's only two main reasons, really, that there's war in the world. One, because what? The sin of man. The sin of man is the reason there's war in the world. And another reason sometimes is the wrath of God. The wrath of God sometimes, and we'll see that, he uses, he, he, he brings that about because uh, uh, it, it's necessary. So, and as we know, uh, it's governments that make the decision for war. And of course, as we just read here, God ordained governments. And we've talked about that in other areas as well. So thinking of government, uh, what would you say if somebody asked you, what do you think the number one priority of government should be? Or what is the number one uh, responsibility of government? Anybody want to give a quick answer on that? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Right. And I would say, you know, in short answer, right, to protect it, to protect their people, right? And uh, that's why they've been given that responsibility to have a, a, a national, uh, a, a federal uh, military. So uh, now notice what it says here in verse 4. Of course, it talks about verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers and, of course, governments. In our life are a higher power. The powers are they that be ordained of God. But notice what it says in verse 4. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, at least it's supposed to be, but if, that, if, if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. See? Look at this. For he beareth not the what? The sword. The sword. Right? In vain. So, uh, who, who's, whose job is that? Uh, to, 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 to dish out discipline, right? To dish out discipline, if you will. Well, that's one of the responsibilities of government to ordain, uh, to dish out discipline and judgment in a society. Look at what it says there. And he's what? He beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God. Look, a revenger to execute wrath. Upon him that doeth evil. So did you catch that? To a revenger, to execute wrath. And revenger, that means one who executes right and justice, a punisher. And so that's one of the responsibilities of government, as uh, uh, Brother uh, Wood said. That's one of the responsibilities of government to execute, right, uh, what's right, and also to execute justice, to punish the evil. He's a punisher, a revenger, 
avenger. You know, the Bible uses that same word, but in, in uh, I think it was in uh, 1 Thessalonians, where he says God is an avenger, the same word, but avenger, revenger. So government is necessary. <laughs> Sometimes uh, not a lot of it, amen, not a big government, but government is necessary. And of course, to have a civilized society, there must be some sort of civilized governing body, right? Local, state, and national. And of course, we see that in 1 Peter 2, verses 13 and 14, which again gives the same thought. We've seen these verses. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, right? Uh, that's the executive branch. And then, or unto governors, right? There's state as unto them that are what? Sent by him. Why? Why are they sent by God? Here it is again, for the punishment of evil doers. So you're supposed, hopefully you have a government ordained of God, and then you have a government that loves God and stands for righteousness. That's the way it's supposed to be. So, but it says, for the punishment of evil doers and for the praise of them that do well. Uh, buddy, you're going to jail. Hey, here's an award for you, right? There you go. That's the way it's supposed to be. So, uh, and so, uh, of course, our, our government has certainly been slacking in that area, as a side note, in punishing uh, the evildoers. Of course, they're sort of getting it backwards now. And so, you know, uh, these are important things to say, especially, you know, you go into other countries. I remember uh, when I went into Eastern uh, uh, Europe, uh, you know, years ago and met some, met some good Christians, good Christians. But I had to deal, uh, a lot of them had a passive attitude, right, towards, towards, uh, towards fighting or uh, going to war. Of course, they were under a different government than we were, right? So uh, uh, some of that can be understandable why you'd be questioned when you have a government like that. But even, even about showing any type of, uh, um, you know, violence or, or anything like that, you know, even defending yourself. Uh, I, I might have shared this story before. I, I was traveling with some, I think I did, traveling with some Bulgarians one time on a train and uh, a, a big old drunk guy came in and started knocking the waitress around and everybody's just sitting there. Well, you know, uh, probably if, if the guy wasn't drunk, he probably, I'm sure he could have whooped me, but that's all right. But I, I just, I got up and I jumped on the guy's back and put him in a full Nelson. I'm going like this. I'm like, hey, man, I'm, going, I'm sort of going like this because I'm not going to let some guy uh, uh, hit a woman. I'd rather, and if he's going to beat somebody up, beat me up. Don't, don't be hitting on a woman. And finally, a couple guys came over and, and, and uh, took him outside. But the, but the Bulgarian Christians I was with, they were like, and I could tell they were shocked that I did that. It's not like I went up and, you know, took a chair across the guy's back. Might have felt like doing that, but I didn't. Right. And, and they were sort of shy. I said, listen, I said, uh, I said, you know, I'm not a I'm, I'm not a you can look at me. I'm not some big tough guy. I thought like I'm going to go start some fight, but I'm not going to let some, you know, man hit on a hit on a woman. And so, you know, there's rules for that stuff. And, but there's Bible guidelines uh, uh, for doing those things. And so uh, you might have you know, I might have, you've heard of Sergeant York. Well, if you ever watch that, watch that, watch that that movie. You know, he started off as uh, a pacifist and didn't want to go to war, and and those things. But then he finally he went and spent some time with the Lord and prayer and read the Bible, and then of course he became a World War One hero. Ended up winning the Medal of Honor uh, for that. So you know, and just like uh, um, uh, Joseph mentioned, you know, everybody knows the Ten Commandments in Exodus. Right, they know what the Ten Commandments says from Exodus, where the Bible says, "Thou shalt not kill." I had people use on that me when I was in the military because I was in the infantry, 
right? And uh, 11 Bravo, that means 11 Bullet Stopper, right? And so, uh, uh, you know, that was our job. We were supposed to be the, the fighting force uh, 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 of the army, the frontline uh, soldiers. And so after I got saved, people tried to throw that at me. I said, oh, you do err not knowing the scriptures, right? You do not err not because though, right, that's right, in Exodus 20, right, I believe that's where it gives the, the Ten Commandments in Exodus, it does say thou shalt not kill. But again, uh, when Jesus was uh, uh, talking about the, uh, the Ten Commandments in the New Testament, what did he say in Matthew 19? That's where it is, right? Verse 18, he saith unto them, and he saith unto him, which Jesus, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt do no murder. And so here's a, here's a, here's a good uh, thought to give somebody. All murder is killing... All murder is killing, but not all killing is murder. Remember that. All murder is killing, but not all killing is murder. You know, I mentioned about my, my first sergeant that I had, him saying that to me. You know, Sergeant Stewart, you're a hypocrite. Your job's to kill. And the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. I said, no. You do err not knowing the scriptures, first sergeant. I said, if some Joe's sitting on a bench and I go up and slice his throat, I said, that's murder. I said, if that guy's coming over that hill and uh, he, wants to, he wants to shut down my church and take my Bible, I have every right to take him out according to uh, the, the Word of God. So me and my first sergeant always had nice conversations about stuff like that. But nations send individuals, what, who have been trained to fight war. And these individuals go to war to what? To represent their country or nation because the government made a decision, right? Again, God ordained government, but of course that does not mean that every government is well-pleasing to God. We know that. We know that not every government is well-pleasing to God, even though God did originally ordain government. Uh, turn over to Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 2, and we see a, a, a verse there. I'll be again reading verse 19 of Daniel 2 says this. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Verse 20 of Daniel 2. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And look at verse 21, Daniel 2. And he changeth the times and the seasons. And look what it says. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You know, a lot of times talking about Eastern Europe, you know, I, I remember uh, uh, right before, uh, uh, you know, you remember Gorbachev, right? He's the one that negotiated with um, uh, uh, Reagan and, and, and Bush. But, you know, uh, uh, you probably remember, remember Breshkov, was that his name? Breshkov, he was over Russia for a long time. But I remember when I was a senior, he died. Right. And then if you remember that, they put another leader over the Soviet Union and he died not too long after that. And then another one over him and then he died like like a few of them died like right in a row. And then finally Gorbachev got in. So it's like, you know, God said, hey, you guys keep voting for the wrong guy. I'm trying to get Gorbachev in there, you know. <laughs> so the other guys didn't last around that long. You know, like we better get Gorbachev, man. Or we're, you know, you no, know, you let him go up there. But anyways, finally they got him in there. And then that's the one, you know, even in that country. That God used what was it, Pedestroika or whatever it was called there? Uh, is, that, is that is that right there? What they called it there? And they started to allow uh, freedom, and He softened up on all that stuff. And you see, God God did that. Uh, and notice that God's timing. He had.
had the right leaders around the world to bring that uh, together. And so an amazing, amazing uh, uh, thought that is. So it says, he removeth kings, he setteth up kings, he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that notice understanding. Notice what God said about Pharaoh in Romans 9. Romans 9, verse 17, here's what God said about Pharaoh. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. See, God had a purpose in raising up Pharaoh to allow him. It says, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. God says right there that he raised up who was in charge of the nation, that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. So we know we, know we are called, of course, God uh, ordained government. He put a government over us. And we are called, again, to be submitted to government as long as, of course, they stay uh, within uh, biblical boundaries. So when called upon, I believe when called upon, especially as Christians, wanting to keep a Christian nation we must be willing uh, to serve in uh, the military. Hey, I got saved in the military. Uh, you know, I didn't get saved by the military, but I just happened to get saved while I was in the military. But, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, now I got to get out. You know, I'm a Christian. Uh, no, I just had different motives, if you will, for being. You know, I went into the military as a young man because I wanted to serve my country. I thought it was right for a young man. I still think that. I still think it's right for a young man to serve his country. And uh, that doesn't mean uh, that necessarily everyone uh, will go in the military, but I think it's a good thing. A young man ought to think like that, even if he doesn't uh, uh, go into the military. I think a young man should realize he has a responsibility at those ages to be willing to defend his country. So I, I, I really uh, joined because I wanted to serve my country. But again, I only at the time, I only joined up for two years because I said, well, hey, it may not be for me, but I'll go in for two years at that time. Uh, infantry was one of the things that you could go in for two years. You know why? Because <laughs> you don't have to be smart. You know, there's not a lot of training uh, to get in the military like these ones where you train and you got to be smart. In the military, they just say, hey, son, wear this helmet. Keep it pointing that way. All right. You see somebody coming, listen for your sergeant to yell, fire all right, keep it facing that way. That's all it took. So it didn't take a lot to train us, right? But I ended up enjoying it. So stayed six and a half active, then uh, four years uh, reserve after that. So I think it, it's good. And so we'd be willing, even as Christians, to serve in the military. So as believers, we should not be intimidated or nervous to talk about uh, this subject when it's clear in the Word of God. Now, again, it's, again, it's sad but sometimes war is necessary. It's a necessary evil of nations. And again, especially if we are threatened as a Christian people, and there will be those that would like to take our Bibles away and uh, stop us from meeting together, it would, I believe it would be a moral duty to defend these rights that God has given us in our nation. And look what, look what Jesus said. Let's look at a couple of things that Jesus said. John 18, 36 John 18, 36. What, now, we know that his kingdom was not of this world. But what did he say if it was of this world? John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, what did he say? Then would my servants fight. He said, if it was of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. You see, because it's not of this world, he stopped, right? he, he stopped Peter from fighting. But if it was of this world, he said, well, hey, man, 
uh, you missed a little bit, Peter. Try, try one more time, all right? All right, you just got an ear that time. But he said, then would my servants fight? John 19.9 says this, When he went up into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Verse 10, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not? Look what Pilate. Pilate had the big head. I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee. But what did Jesus say to Pilate? Verse 11 of John 19. Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Right there. Hey, he looked at me and said, listen, you don't have any power except for what God gave you. Power and authority comes from God. Your position, you're only there, hey, because for whatever reason, God has allowed you to have this position. Luke 22. Luke 22. Turn over to Luke 22, verses 35 and 36. I thought about Ari when I read this verse. Just telling you, Ari, I thought about this. Luke 22, 35 and 36 says this. And he said to them, Jesus talking to his disciples, when I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked you anything? They said, nothing. And look what he says in verse 36. Then said he unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise his scrip, look at this, he that hath no sword. What's a sword? It's a weapon. He that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Sell your suit there, Ari. Sell your suit. Let him, all right, let him, uh, hath no sword, sell his garden by him. So, well, you know what, to me, I, I look at that and say, hey, it's okay to have a weapon for self-defense. Right there, he says, if you don't have a sword, sell your garden by him. Now, that's not telling everyone to go out and uh, uh, get one, right? I'm not against that. But, you know, but there's a print. But you see, right there, it's, it's clear, right, about uh, uh, having the ability to have self-defense. Now, note, these are Bible principles. Now, again, remember, uh, so God ordained government, and uh, government makes that decision for nations uh, whether to go to war or not. And, of course, uh, uh, especially in a country like ours, as Christians, we have, a, we have a responsibility there. But we also need to remember that God also uses war sometimes to judge a nation. Right? Whether it's another nation, an example here we see in Numbers 21, 34, and 35, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear not, for I have delivered him into thy hand, and all his people, and his land, and thou shalt do to them as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. Verse 35, So they smote him and his sons, and all his people, until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. That was God ordained and what to, to judge that nation. And how did he, God judge that nation? He judged it through war. He sent his people out to have war and judge that nation. But yet, not only can he use uh, war to judge other nations, he can also use uh, uh, war to judge the nation of his people. And we need to remember that as Americans. I believe God raised up America and allowed us to be a great nation all these years, but he can use war to even judge uh, that nation. We see that in Ezekiel 14, 21. It says this, Ezekiel 14, 21 says, For thus saith the Lord God, 
how much more when I send my four judgments? Look at this. He says, I have four judgments. And here's what they are upon Jerusalem. The sword. The first one. Now we know about famine, but here he says the sword and famine and the noisome beast and pestilence. What? To cut off from it man and beast. He said, listen, when I make a decision because you haven't done right in my eyes, because you're a nation that knows better according to the word of God, but yet you choose to call good evil and even good, I can choose to bring my wrath upon you and I can bring famine to your land. I can bring pestilence like we've in things that we've seen the last uh, uh, year or two. He said, I can choose that or I can even, amen, bring in war. But instead of you being the one to go to war and judge a nation, I can use a war to judge you as a people that should be doing right and have been blessed uh, by me. So we see that it can be, right, a, a, a hand of God's judgment. So as we finish up here, just thinking about America for a moment, Unfortunately, so many lives have been lost for the founding of our country and in keeping it free. Listen to this, this just concerning America, let alone around the world in the last couple hundred years, but just in America, how many precious lives have been lost because of war to found America and to keep it free? Of course, there was the War of Independence, 25,324 approximately lives were lost. The War of 1812, 2,260 people died. Of course, the Civil War. The North, 363,020. The South, 199,110. The Spanish-American War, 2,893. Now listen to this, World War I and World War II. World War I, 116,708. World War II, 408,306. The Korean War, 54,246. The Vietnam War, 58,219. And then, of course, uh, uh, many have died over the most recent wars, over these last 20, uh, uh, last 20 years. So we see a big price has been paid to found this nation and to keep this nation uh, uh, free. Now, I don't know that you could, you could say every, every war that our government chooses to go in is, uh, ju has been justified. We could argue that point. But we know that God has allowed government and it's government's decision. And uh, especially in a country like ours that, listen, we understand the principles of the Word of God uh, concerning this. And uh, we should be able to explain it as Christians according to the Word of God. And so we should be very thankful as Americans that we've been very blessed of God to have a strong military for so many years. So I think that as we finish up, the Bible gives clear principles for being willing to fight for our country if called upon, as difficult as that decision is. And so that is why it is so important that is when we think about war and we think about, sure, God ordained government and maybe God allows it. But when we think about it, it doesn't matter what the reason is, war is a terrible thing. And so uh, as we think about that, it should, it should be one of the things that challenges us as believers to keep strong churches and to pray for our nation and to pray for our leaders and to pray for our military and to pray for our missionaries uh, in other nations. 
uh, we see the importance uh, of that. So when we, when we talk about it, I'm glad the Bible gives us some guidance in this serious subject uh, like this. But again, when we, when we see it, we certainly don't take it lightly. But again, it should, it should be something that challenges us in the area of prayer and say, this is what, we don't want to have to go to war, but this is why we need to keep strong churches. And listen, when decisions like this have to be made, this is why it's so important that we pray for our nation again and pray for our leaders and, of course, uh, pray for our, 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 our military and those involved there. And so that's not a light subject. But again, uh, when we're asked about things like this and other serious subjects, we should be able to turn to the Word of God and give a clear Bible teaching on it. Let's pray.